him to have his perfect way. I can see no better time than to bring the man of God to the floor to preach the word of God. And we have got a powerful preacher here with us today at Tree of Life Church. I'm so happy to be able to introduce to you brother and sister Dylan Morgan. This is a wonderful couple that has devoted their life to the work of God. They are newlyweds. They married at the beginning of 2021. And they are traveling the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Brother Dylan Morgan comes from Los Angeles, California originally. And uh, his father is Pastor Jeff Morgan. His uncle, uh, Pastor Mark Morgan, who was with us just a couple of years ago at our one service. A great heritage that he has. Sister uh, Paris Morgan is the daughter and granddaughter of Pastor and Bishop Blackshear from Alaska. And a wonderful family, a great heritage that each of these wonderful young man and woman of God bring to Tree of Life Church today. I'm excited for you to hear Brother Morgan preach. God has a word for us today. If you plan on receiving what the Lord has for you, just clap your hands as the man of God comes to preach the word. Come on unto the Lord all across the house one more time. Can we just praise Jesus in this room? What we have been doing is more than just Pentecostal calisthenics, but we have surely been entertaining the presence of the Most High God. I know you already have given him a great praise, but could we take it to one more level before we get into the word? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to commend this church on the atmosphere that you have ushered into this place, this anointed worship team, the musicians. Thank you for being anointed, not just talented. Aren't you thankful for anointed worship? Amen. 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 If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And while you are turning there, I do want to take just a moment and give honor to whom honor is due. I know your pastor blesses you very often Wednesdays and Sundays, but he blesses all of us all across the world. And I want to thank you for sharing your pastor with the entirety and, and just allowing us to hear from him and letting him go when he needs to go. I, I just don't think you understand how great of an impact Pastor Joel Urshan has had on my life. And so I give honor to your man of God, your pastor's wife, his amazing family. Do you love your pastor and his family here today? Amen. 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 I was uh, younger, I'm still young, when I heard a message from the shoulders and upward. And uh, I believe he was younger when he preached that message. I've, I wanted to be careful there. <laughs> And uh, that message has greatly impacted my life along with so many others. And uh, it is an absolute honor. I know she's in the back with the baby back there, but to be in service with my beautiful wife, all the extra anointing is just because she's been praying for this service. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I do feel like God has given me a word. A few months ago, he started me on a journey with what I'm going to try to preach to you today. And uh, I do feel like God has orchestrated this day perfectly. And I'm just excited to see what's going to happen before these doors are shut and we all get into our cars and go home and proceed with our memorial weekend. I just got a feeling God wants to do something spectacular in the room today. Amen. And I feel like there are some hungry hearts ready to receive. Speak to us today, Lord. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to begin reading at verse number 7. We'll stop around verse number 10, and let's just see where the Lord is going to take us here today. 
and least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it would depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Then Paul began to realize most gladly, therefore I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities and my reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, this revelation is that I'm really strong. For the next few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to try to preach to us on sufficient grace. Would you set your Bibles down and would you lift your hands and would you just ask that God would minister to us here today? Lord, I love you. Your beautiful presence that is already in this room, God, has set the stage for your word. I ask now that you would anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Put your word in my mouth. Let me not say one word too many, God, or one word less. I want to do what the perfect will of heaven is here on earth here today. Let it be done in this room, God. Let somebody come to the revelation of who you are. Let somebody be filled with your spirit, God. Bring somebody out of a trial today. Do what only you can do by the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I ask that you would confirm this word with signs following and that the gifts of the spirit would begin to flow in this room right now, God. Take dominion over anything that would be a hindrance by the power of the name of Jesus. Uh, we ask it all in the wonderful, matchless name of Jesus. Uh, would everybody in this room shout, in Jesus' name. If you believe God's going to do something great, would you clap your hands one more time before you're seated? Amen. Praise God. When you're seated, turn to your neighbor and say, God can. Turn to your other neighbor, say it with a little more conviction. Say, I said, God can. Amen. Amen. Before we can get on the topic of God's sufficient grace, I believe we have to come to a general understanding for what grace is not. Do you believe that grace is something that has been mightily abused and greatly misunderstood? We have to understand that grace is not our free pass to live how we want to live or do what we want to do. Oftentimes, grace is presented from the standpoint of you can live how you want Monday through Friday as long as you come back to grace on Sunday. And I believe that grace is something that is much more beautiful than that. It is much more powerful than that. It has a lot more value to God than something that we can use as our ticket or as our free pass to do whatever we want to do. When the topic of grace really came into my spirit and I began to study, I felt directed to the story of the prodigal son. And as you begin to look at this story, you see that a father had two sons. One of his sons came to him being the younger, wanting his inheritance. And as most of us, if not all, have heard the story, he takes his inheritance and he goes out and he goes into a far country and in this country, he spends all of his wealth. He spends all that he has, Scripture says, in a riotous living. He goes out and he does what he wants to do. And he realizes that his bank account is now in the red. He has no more money. He has no more inheritance 
to spend. And he finds himself now working for a man in a strange country. And the Bible says that in the middle of all of that, a famine now enters into the story. This famine causes uh, everything to dry up. This young man no longer has anybody worrying about him. He no longer has anybody caring if he's eating. Scripture says nobody would even give to him. So he finds himself among the swine. It is among the swine that he begins to eat of things. And it clicks in his head that it is better for me to be a servant in my father's house than it would for me to continue to live how I'm living. As I begin to look at this, I begin to ponder and wonder why is this a text about grace. You have to understand that grace would not come to him when he was in the swine partaking of that life. But when he came to himself and said, it is better for me in my father's house. Oftentimes, we want grace to come to us where we are at. But I believe grace will not come to you when you are in the slop. Grace waits for somebody in the house to make the rational decision. I have to turn from where I'm at and begin on a new path. Scripture says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous, they shall run to it and they shall be saved. I asked myself a question a few weeks ago. When does the righteousness begin? I believe the path to righteousness starts at repentance. So when a sinner finds repentance, heaven rejoices because they have turned from their wicked ways and the path of righteousness has now been illuminated and the strong tower, which is their salvation, the name of the Lord. So this, this young man, he is, he, is, he is now understanding I can't continue to live this way. And I felt like that this was when grace began to work. Because grace is the father who sees the son afar off. Grace is the father who evidently had been looking for something in the horizon. Grace is waiting for one person in this day, on this Sunday, to make a rational decision within yourself. I'm tired with that. Now I must turn from who I am and begin on the path of righteousness. You see, I believe as Paul begins to talk to us about sufficient grace uh, in 2 Corinthians, he says uh, that there was given to me a thorn. So before he got the revelation of the sufficient grace, uh, a thorn had to be introduced into his life. Uh, this thorn, I believe, was represented by the famine uh, in the prodigal son's life. The famine showed up uh, and dried everything up. Uh, the thorn was introduced, uh, and it was the thorn that drove him into the slime. But it was also that thorn that made him get the revelation uh, that it's better for me in my father's house. So Paul begins to talk to us about this thorn, uh, this thorn that introduces into his life, this thorn that comes in. Uh, he says that I, I tried three times, Brother Urshan, uh, to have this thorn removed from me, to have this uh, taken out of my walk with God, to have this taken out of my life. He said, and three times uh, the Lord rejected my petition for the thorn to be removed. As I was on this journey about grace, I felt led. Uh, I felt led to Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 16. And it says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne room of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Uh, you see, the thorn is what drives you into the throne room. Uh, it was Paul that went in three times saying, uh, by the power of the word of God and by the authority uh, of the name of Jesus, let this thorn be removed from my life uh, and all three times as he walked in boldly into the throne room God said no uh, the thorn cannot be removed uh, because I'm trying to teach you a lesson uh, in this season about my grace so he enters in boldly into the throne room uh, and all three times God says no uh, but my grace will be there to help you uh, in the time of need I like 
I like words. I like to study words. And that word help jumped out at me. That word help comes from a nautical term. This nautical term is where they get the vessel. This term called frapping the vessel. Frapping the vessel is something that sailors would do in the times of old when they would realize that they were entering into a storm that was going to be too great for the ship. When they realized that the ship couldn't weather the storm, they would take uh, iron-laid rope and they would wrap it around the hull of the ship. And this was called frapping the vessel. And they knew that without the rope, uh, that the vessel couldn't survive the storm. But when the rope was present, uh, the vessel could survive a storm that was greater than it. So watch what the writer was saying. You entered both into the throne room of grace and the thorn wasn't removed but what God was teaching you is is that the arms of grace show up at the time of need And at the time of need, the arms of grace uh, wrap themselves around the vessel. uh, And the storm you thought you couldn't live through. uh, The trial you thought you couldn't survive through. uh, The situation you thought was going to kill you. Grace said, uh, I didn't remove it, uh, but I'm strong enough to see you through it. Grace is that thing. And when Paul entered in and learned that the thorn wasn't going to be removed, he got the word, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. And by the way, Paul, in your weakness, I show myself as God. So everything was about the understanding uh, that though you couldn't survive the storm, uh, grace could. uh, That although you couldn't live through the trial, uh, grace. Oh, I wish there was an elder in this room right now uh, that would say, I've been through a few things uh, and had it not been for the grace uh, and the goodness uh, and the mercy uh, and the majesty of God. How many times, maybe I'm the only one that has asked God to remove some things in the last year and a half. Maybe I'm the only one that has asked God why certain things have been introduced into humanity over the last year and a half. Maybe I'm the only one that thought I went boldly into the throne room of grace saying, remove this by the power of the word of God and by the authority. And there's power in that. And this little voice, it was like it just whispered, my grace is trying to show you I'm sufficient. Is there anybody that went to the Lord? Uh, Remove this COVID-19. Has anybody gone to the Lord saying, uh, why in the world didn't this happen? Or this? why has this uh, still in my life? Uh, And all along, God uh, was trying to show the church. uh, It was so that I could teach you in the valley. Uh, I'm still the God of the mountaintop. Uh, It's so I could teach you down there. Uh, I'm going to take care of you and see you through. In this journey, I felt that I was led to Psalms 84, verse number 6. Who passing through the valley of Bacah, make it well. Make it well, watch. And then out of nowhere on the end of this verse, it's like this doesn't even belong here. The rain also filleth the pools. So the valley of Bacah is known as the valley of weeping. It's the valley of the tears. It's the valley of the trial. But if you define the word pools on the other side of the valley, that actually means blessing. 
So while we are caught up in the valley of weeping, God said the rain never stopped filling the pools of blessing. So if you can weather the storm and rely on my grace, weeping may endure for the night, but joy, joy, I feel the joy of the Lord at Tree of Life this Sunday. Weeping may endure, but the pools, they're still being filled, but the blessing is still on the other side. Oh, I wish somebody would worship like God's going to bring you through. Somebody ought to praise like God's going to see you through. You know, they sang about the song, You're the God of the Breakthrough. Brought to mind 2 Samuel 5. When David realized he's the Lord of the Breakthrough, I shall call this place El Perizim, the Lord of the Breakthrough. And David got his breakthrough the first time, and he smote the Philistines and dealed with their idols. But there was an old prophetess lady that told a preacher I was preaching for one time. He said, she said, them Philistines are kind of like the flesh of the Old Testament. They're just always showing up. So he gets the first victory after inquiring of the Lord, what do I do? Now remember the tree of weeping or the valley of weeping. They went through the valley of weeping and God filled the pools of blessing. So David is in this situation. He gets victory and then he notices the Philistines are back. And he does what David would do. He inquired of the Lord. So he goes to the Lord and he says, what's my move here? What's the plan? And God says, get up in the mulberry trees this time, David. You see, the mulberry tree is actually the tree of weeping. And when I cross-referenced the word bakah, I was brought to this text where it said the tree of weeping or the mulberry tree. But this time, David was told, listen for the sound of the going. One translation says, listen for the angelic host that will go before you. While you're in the season of weeping, there is an angelic host going where you cannot go. Daniel, I know you've been praying and you thought I left you there to die, but I was caught up warring against the prince. When you thought you were alone, he was at war on your behalf. I'm here to preach to this church. We have been in the valley of weeping. We have been in the valley of the shadow of death. But I'm not fearing evil. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. But you didn't leave me there without a little protection. Because you anointed my head with oil. And my cup, it's still running over. While he was sitting in the presence of enemies, David said the cup of blessing was still overflowing. the valley of Bacah, the pools on the other side never stop being filled with the blessing so when we go through a year like we have gone through and we question and ask God why it was so he could do things in the valley hey Job talk to me about your life well I had riches okay well, I, I had beautiful daughters, and, and I, I had money in the bank, and I had land, and I had, I had cattle, I had sheep, I had, I had camels. I, I had everything I ever needed. And then one storm after another, after another. And watch, while he was in the valley of his life, we often don't quote the end of Job's life. And the Lord blessed the latter end of Job greater than he did the former. 
and watch what Job said when he died. He died being old and full of days. What do we define the storm as? The nighttime. Oh, I'm in the storm, Pastor. It's real dark outside. What did the disciples, when they started writing about the storm when Jesus came to them? It's dark out. Because we define the storm as the darkness of night. But when Job died, he said, I have looked back over my life and I see more days than I do night. I see more good than I do bad. I see more blessing than I do. Somebody needs to realize everything that has been happening was leading us to sufficient grace. I'm hurrying. Ephesians, Ephesians, I believe it's Ephesians 4 and 17 if you have it. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. You see, that isn't the gift as far as the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's charisma, which is a gift like a gift of the Spirit. So he said, I didn't give you that. He wasn't talking about the gift of the Holy Ghost. Those are two separate words entirely. He was talking about the gifts of the Spirit. He said, unto the gift that I give you, there is also given grace to match the gift. So, could it be that everything that has been happening of late was God growing us in grace so that he could use us greater in the gifts? He said, I'm going to give you the gift, but before you're ready for the gift, let me teach you how to grow in my grace. Before God can equip the man with the gifts, he has to grow him in his grace. So he says, I've got to get my church to a place to where the spirit of Antichrist that is rising, making stage for the Antichrist, the spirit of the lawless one, lawlessness that's coming into the world, all of everything that's happening, abortion, LGBTQT, the pride movement, everything that's taking place. He said, I have to grow, I feel the Holy Ghost, I have to grow my church in grace so that I can equip them greater in the gifts than they have ever been equipped. The only way we're going to have end time revival is if the church is operating by love in the gifts of the spirit. Our pretty three-point sermons uh, won't do it. Uh, our Pentecostal calisthenics uh, won't do it. Uh, but when you lay hands on the sick uh, and the sick recover, uh, when you say by the power of the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Somebody needs to praise him right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Last night I was laying in bed and the Lord showed me something and it was like a puzzle. It was like I saw a puzzle. I told my wife, I said, write this down, text it to me so I don't forget. Brother Hurston, it was like I saw a puzzle. And this church was like it was representing a puzzle. And all of the pieces have just been falling into place. Piece by piece by piece by piece. And I know all you can see is the empty piece that's not there right now. But when you zoom out from the bigger picture, you realize how much of it is really completed. This church better hear me. You are one piece away from completing the puzzle. And when the puzzle is put together, the finished product will astound the region. The finished product is all about being influential, not over just a neighborhood, not over just a city, but over a region.
Oh, a few months ago, I was traveling in an airport. I don't know if this man was an angel or just somebody sent by God. A complete stranger came up to me. He said, the Lord told me to give you a word. I said, okay. I felt the Holy Ghost. He said, I see a map of North America. He said, on this map, I see little fires starting to spring up all across the map. He said, and then at once, this fire started coming together. And they swept North America and the world in end time revival. He said, the Lord told me to tell you that this is the map for end time harvest. I said, okay, I've been inquiring of the Lord. I've been asking God, what does it mean? And he began to talk to me. Now listen, you don't have to believe this, you don't want to. I just, this is how the Lord and I communicate. I began to talk to the Lord. And, and he began to tell me that each fire right now is representing a specific location that he is giving regional dominion to. The word region in Hebrew, which is what they define the Old Testament in, means yoke. In Greek, which was the New Testament, they called it an area. More than five or six times, the apostles weren't sent to cities. They were sent to regions to have regional impact. So the Lord spoke to me and said, I will be sending you to places of which I will be establishing regional dominion in. And I am setting up pastors and churches so that they will break the yoke of Satan, not over a city, but over a region. And I'm telling this place right now under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. God is establishing this body right now to have a regional dominion over this area. Hear me right now in the spirit. He is about to unlock this church in the gifts of the spirit. And when you go forward, you will go forward to break the yoke of Satan everywhere that you go. I wish somebody would worship the Lord right now. I'm telling this church in the spirit you are worrying Satan right now his yoke has been on this region long enough and he is establishing a body whose root systems will go out through the region go into different cities take hold of different locations and begin to shatter the yoke of this region would you lift your hands right now and would you just worship the Lord travailing in this room right now. Church, you got to hear me. This isn't just a service. This isn't just by happenstance. This is a God-ordained day to tell this church, I am calling you to regional dominion. I am calling you from this day forward to go forth and be intentional about your steps because they will begin to break the yoke of Satan over this region. And the Lord said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You better hear me everywhere you go. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven and you will be breaking the yoke of Satan. Mando That's why everything that has been happening 
Paul said, I would rather have this thorn because I learned with it, I operate by the power of Jesus Christ. Our focus had to be reshifted in a season. Had to be recentered in the season. To get back to the understanding that the only reason we're still here is because his grace is sufficient. And his grace is working so that we can go out working by the power of the Holy Ghost and be used in the gifts of the Spirit. So I feel like there are some people, and I felt a little nudge back of people in this room right now, almost like condemnation the moment I begin to speak about God using you, begin to go through your mind and tell you, you don't know what I've done, preacher. You don't know the sin that I have committed. I don't care if you have had the Holy Ghost and been baptized in Jesus' name for three months, uh, three minutes, or 30 years. Uh, if you are filled with this spirit, baptized in his name, and living according to the word of God, God intends to use you in this end time harvest. So I rebuke condemnation off of every mind that is in this room right now uh, that is trying to talk back to the word of the Lord and say, I've done too much. Uh, I've gone too far. You don't know you have not. Uh, you don't understand the blood of Calvary. If that's your theology, the blood uh, will wash you. Uh, the blood uh, will... Uh, uh, he said it's a precious blood. Uh, he said it's a valuable blood. Right now, God is positioning this place. And I'm telling you, I feel like the straw on the camel's back is going to be broken today. Uh, and when this place goes forward, uh, you're going to be intentional. Uh, you're going to be intentional about where you walk uh, and how you talk uh, and who you minister to. Uh, because God is expanding the root system uh, of this body uh, to more than just a city but a region. Would you lift your hands all across the house? Come on, be sensitive to the word of the Lord. Would you stand with me all across the house? God has seen the sacrifice of this body. Lift our hands for just a moment and just entertain the presence of God.
Let's be sensitive right here. Let's respond to the word of the Lord right now. I know there's not enough room for everybody in this altar, but I feel that there needs to be an altar call where you're at. If you want to push your way to this altar, please make your way to the front. But God is trying to use this body and the gifts right now. And if you want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit in this end time, I'm asking you to make an altar somewhere in this place right now. And let's consecrate ourselves at a level. Come on, that's it. There has been people that God has been waking up and you have wondered why have I been awoken. Uh, there has been people that God has been stirring you and you're wondering what does this stirring mean? Uh, God is bringing clarity to that today. He's wanting to use this body at a new level. Come on church, we need to respond uh, to the word of the Lord here today. Come on, all across this house, can we lift our hands right now? And could we respond to the word of the Lord? Come on, if you're, if you're in this place and you're in ministry, God wants to fill people with the Holy Ghost right now. His spirit is moving. I'm asking for the ministry of this church to be sensitive right now and begin to move all throughout this building. I see people weeping that God is working on right now. Come on, let's be sensitive to the spirit right now. If you're a part of this church and you want to be used by God, your hands ought to be lifted and you ought to be responding to the spirit right now. Come on, those of you that have felt like you've been in the valley of weeping, I'm telling you, God is going to bring you out today in the name of Jesus. And let's lift our voices unto him right now. Come on, every voice unto Jesus right now. Nobody being silent. Nobody looking around. Every voice going unto him right now. Come on, pierce some things. I need some seasoned saints of God uh, to tap into the intercession and the warfare right now.
Come on, ministry. I'm asking you to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts are flowing right now. If you feel to go pray for somebody, please go pray for them. If you're in the aisle or in the pew and you feel to walk across and pray for somebody, come on, let's operate in the gifts right here. to minister one to another right now. Come on, minister one to another right now. I'm asking you to operate how you feel. If you feel a nudge to go pray for somebody, flow. Love is in this room right now. And love is the source of what the gifts flow through. Come on, let God use you right now. Let God use you right now. 
through right now. Come on, be a conductor of the power of God right now. Your kingdom come, your will. 